Hey everyone, Dr. Joe Simon here of the 30 and 30 Marketing for Physical Therapists. It's going to be another great episode to dive into, to listen, to take notes. If you're walking, driving, working out, whatever it is, make sure you just stop for a second, jot this down. Check me out at drjoesimon.com if you want to work with me in the future, if you need consulting or coaching advice. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, super grateful, and as always, make sure you share this with your family, friends, coworkers, uh, social media. You can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Just type in Dr. Joe Simon, you'll find me there. Uh, answer every email and message personally, all right? I look forward to it, and again, thank you so much for listening to the show. Let's get it going. Hey, welcome everyone to this episode of the 30 and 30. This is your host, Dr. Joe Simon. I am super excited to be on Anchor, the new podcasting platform. So for those that are just listening to me on this platform, this is going to be very different than what you've heard me before uh, from my previous podcast, the Private Practice Business Academy. So this podcast is all about marketing. Marketing for physical therapists is kind of the exact person we are the i'm sorry the person the exact profession we are really working on in this podcast and the reason why if you haven't if you don't know i am a physical therapist by trade i am a private practice owner myself uh i am a business partner i'm a dad uh, i'm a dog lover so everything you need to know about me is right then and there and um i absolutely love podcast guys so the best thing about this is that i get to enjoy this um, while I'm driving, I get to enjoy this anywhere possible. So I meet some really cool people. And over the last 20 years, I've spent probably an obscene amount of money on different coaches, consultants, working with different friends, and networking. And what I love about that is everything that I've learned from them, I've implemented it immediately in my practices. And from that point on, I probably leapfrogged the growth process faster than most people did in the first two years of being in practice. Now, let's fast forward 15 years later. Um, practices across the country. I have uh, a, a, la- a licensing deal with most practices. I partner with a lot of practices to this date. I also consult and I coach a lot of private practice owners. Now, some of them are in the physical therapy industry. I have others that are in podiatry, chiropractic, acupuncture. And I have physicians as well. Because at the end of the day, we all have the same problem, guys. The problem is, how do we get a patient in the front door? And that's why this podcast is here. So the 30 and 30, based off my original book, way back when, How Do You Get 30, uh, how do you get 30 Patients in Under 30 Days. Um, that book, I got to tell you guys, I wrote that in my youth. About So it was a gung-ho book. Uh, a lot of great advice still applicable to in today's economy, guys. So if you grab that book, it still works. But here's the thing. I'm going to release something really soon. So if you're listening to this podcast, it's going to be under wraps for now. But I got something super exciting coming out. And just a hint, it's going to be on Audible first. So just a hint. That shows you how much I love audio, guys. So what I did in this episode, in episode number one of the 30 and 30 I went all out, guys. I went to my mentor himself, Mr. Jay Abraham. And if you don't know who Jay Abraham is, Google this man. He's going to change your life. If you're a private practice owner and you've never heard of who Jay Abraham is, just Google it. I'm going to tell you right now, I've spent a lot of money working with Jay. How much money? I spent $25,000 to work with him 
per, personally in his house for him to consult with me, right? And I know I've known companies that spent fifty thousand, hundred thousands, and just to get just time with Jay, and you will realize the knowledge base of this man is insane, and in what he can do to change any type of business. And the one thing that I have taken away from him, and I'm going to share this with you, is I've learned from outside of the industry. And why do I do that? Well, let me just get into this first before we, we do, ask Jay any questions here. Um, the industry, think of it this way. I just read this great book just recently. And one of the statements in the book were, was about what back in the 1600s when they realized the earth was flat. And they didn't know the earth was round back then, obviously, right? But the, book, the author of the book said one simple thing that got me insanely thinking about this. Imagine all the people that never took their shot because they realized the earth was flat. They just didn't take their shot. They were like, you know what? Earth is flat. Everyone told me so. I'm not going to bother doing it. Imagine all those people that never got the opportunity. And this is why I implore my, the medical community, my colleagues, my peers, I implore you, think outside of the box. I can't tell you how many physical therapists that I've, uh, that I've consulted, I've coached, that will say, well, you know what, that's how, you know, that's how it's done, we can't do it any other way. Or no, there's compliance involved, we can't do that. Or no, the, if we do that, the insurance companies will pay us less. But when you research it, or you go deep into that exact topic, and there's multiple of them, you find out there is no such rule, right? Let's take, for example, EMR, guys. Physical therapists are not required to use an EMR service. But if you look at it, and I'm not knocking any of the EMR companies, I think you guys are great, but think about all the EMR companies making a ton of money. Now, if it does speed up time, that it helps you documentation, absolutely. But I can't tell you how many practice owners that I meet that are just starting off saying, we need to get EMR. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> and this is just an example. This is just my thinking. And that thinking was was enlightened. It was, you know, it was, it was sparked by Mr. J. Abraham himself. Now, we're going to dive in into a lot of shortcuts here uh, of what Jay's going to do. I call it leapfrogging. So by the time you're in stage one of your business, by the end of this conversation, you're going to be thinking about how do I get to stage two? How do I open my second, third, and fourth practice? All right. So without further ado, Mr. Abraham here, we're going to dive right in and we're going to start talking. Let's get into those shortcuts right away so we can really figure this stuff out. Um, and guys, by all means, if you have any questions, comments, shoot them. If you're listening to this on Anchor, feel free to pop them in right there or shoot me a message. Connect with me on LinkedIn, guys. Absolutely, we'll respond to any questions or comments that you have. We'd love to talk to you in person and meet you one day. All right. And so before we get into this one last thing, though, guys, remember, brand new podcast. So please, by all means, leave me an amazing review on this podcast. So but let's get into it right now. Jay Abraham's here to talk about how practice owners can get to the next level. What do we exactly have to do to get there? What are the steps that we have to take in marketing, in business strategy, in leadership? What are those steps? Take it away, Mr. Abraham. Uh, it was shortcut. It's a, it's, it's a grease shoot. But to give you a couple of other in the time we have, number one, I don't think anybody really... Um, I don't think they know how to systematically or systemically, systematically work prospects and really 
leverage their convertibility. I don't think that they're caught that the way they target them is appropriate. I think that inactive patients can be either reactivated, they can be uh, repurposed, or they can be utilized for referring sources. I think that if you get referrals from uh, your your colleagues, there are many ways to enrich and enhance the number, the frequency of referrals, of referral sources, to keep your value much higher in their mindset. I'm just going about a few though, uh, high leverage issues. Uh, if you have something very meaningful and you don't use media also, and you don't have some polarized position, instead of just being milkweed toast, you have some really cool distinction. If you have underutilized time, one of the things we always do uh, with professionals who are starting out and trying to build uh, or expand their practice, if whether they're just themselves or with an associate, we look at underutilization. If you have five hours a day not being used or a week, we try to go out and find influencers who you could help who would be observant of the impact you make and would be referrals. Now let's take it to a profession where you're not gonna just arbitrarily find somebody who is not, I mean, most of your uh, colleagues are dealing with someone who's gotten hurt, had an injury operation, correct? Correct, yes. Okay, but you could go to uh, referring doctors and say, look, we've decided we're gonna do pro bono on uh, three people a week. And if you have people that you know need it, and their insurance will only give them three. We'll do the three, and then we'll do a couple extra. Or we'll, and then things like that that just endear you both to the patient, endear you to the doctor. I mean, one of the things people don't realize if you have, let's say that you had three underutilized hours a day when you're starting out, or some of them have eight. Okay, what would your billing time be? Two hundred dollars an hour. I don't know if the insurance would pay it, but you'd bill it, right? Absolutely, yeah. So 200 times eight, let's assume you're starting out and you have no patience. 200 times eight times five is 16 times five. You have $9,000 worth of buying power or goodwill you could invest every week until you get clients, couldn't you? Could, absolutely, yeah. And and the downside to you is you'd be busy. And uh, I mean, it, it just, that, and let me continue. So, uh, most people don't realize that an enormous number of other sources of either referral or of endorsement. If you can't legally just go out and have people come to you as they would uh, uh, just a regular professional and just choose you and you're more apt to need it to be a doctor referral and insurance covered, then what you need to do, if you can't just go to a, a market and get uh, and get their, uh, you know, their business, you go to the market and get the influencer to endorse you by doing something cool. And his endorsement needs to be somebody who's respected in the community. So when you're going to other referring doctors or whatever, they're impressed because if you look at the competition, theoretically, what distinguishes you from everyone else 
in the mind and the eyes of a physician or a professional who is going to refer to you. I mean, is it your personality? There is data that shows that the more fascinating and and interesting you are, you can double or triple your success rate. Is it the more trustworthy? There's data that shows if you uh, follow someone like Stephen M. R. Covey's uh, who's the top guy in the world on uh, business trust building is 13 traits and you really understood them and manifest them, you're going to triple your success rate. That's two different triples, not the same triple. There is data that, uh, I'm trying to think what this data was, and I heard it yesterday, it was absolutely profound about uh, some other soft soft action that was 40 or 50 percent increase but there's all these things that you don't think about when people are trying to win the trust of a referring physician for example they tend to be uh uh let's say uh we want to come up with the right word so it'll it'll uh congeal in their mind they tend to be uh, application specific so they're going to go to the physician and they're going to talk about physical therapy a rehabilitation therapy, whatever it is. Instead of saying, in addition to that, this doctor, hypothetical, or any other professional, is a man, a woman, a husband, a wife, father, mother. They have a lot of other issues. They have they have their own problems because their practice is struggling today because you know they're they're at the mercy of of uh, you know the healthcare system, the low yield of Medicare. Uh, everybody wants more money, managing and getting optimal performance from their team is high, they have stress, they aren't in as good a shape as they should be being doctors, they have high stress, they have financial concerns, they have uh, uh, retirement concerns, they have uh, relationship concerns at home. By getting books or or expert knowledge on those issues and sharing those continually with these refers, you expand dramatically the holistic way you can distinguish yourself, if that makes sense. We have all the professionals and specialists that I ever counsel, identify all the people that refer to them, and we try to figure out by the nature of quantitative referrals versus uh, uh, probable number of cases, whether they're getting all of them, some of them, a few of them. Everyone deludes themselves to think that they're the only person getting referrals. If you're not, and you can get that doctor or whatever the professional is to give you all of them, that alone could double or triple your practice, couldn't it? Absolutely. And you brought up I'm some... just giving you a couple of critical thinking thoughts. And I want to make sure that the audience listening grabs some of this because I think you had a very valid point. And I think they... If they glossed over for a minute, what you said was amazing. When look, so these days the biggest challenge is yeah, it, the physicians aren't referring as much because they themselves don't have the patients. So obviously, if you have a skill of marketing, you can help the physician as well, or you could send them patients, and that could be a part of a cross promotion. But you brought up a great point. A lot of them are having those issues about retirement, having issues about you know uh, staffing issues and management. Uh, they have the same stress that most of the providers that I consult and work with uh, yeah. have, same stresses. So if you go Except in... They don't have the runway that the young ones have. No. They're, they they're towards, <laughs> many of them are towards the latter part of their career. And if their investments didn't pay out, 
or they were making 500 grand and now they're making three, even though three is a good income. It's not a good income if your lifestyle was predicated on five. You know, if you've, you know, if you're stressed and your relationships not so good, or even though you're a healer, you've got problems with some of your children, all of that adds, I mean, everyone thinks this person sitting there looking at you is devoid of any other issues, problems, diversions. That's not true. It's not true. They, everyone, everyone has their problems, and we've we've uh, we've covered that, you know, in a different episode. But it's it's amazing that it's uh, it's so true that you bring it up as well. So uh, I remember a dentist bringing this up to me and saying, you know what, you know, I haven't seen a, a dentist myself, and I have my <laughs> my teeth that bother me. And we had a good chuckle about it. But it was it was amazing that you're, you're bringing it up now because it's the, that uh, yeah. shines light on some things that they haven't even realized. I I have. Uh, and I'm a fanatic about all kinds of alternative and uh, and allopathic health. I have a uh, uh, a medical doctor who also does uh, allopathic, and I get very expensive shots from him that are flown in from Switzerland that are uh, growth factors. And he's in his late 70s, and he's stressed as can be, and he doesn't have time or he doesn't spend his own money on these same things that give me, I mean, there's a lot of hypocrisy, but sometimes you can be a godsend to a referring physician or a professional just by helping them get clarity on another part of their life that they're so busy uh, uh, addressing their profession that they can't spend time to even recognize, think about, address, solve, and it just stays as a stress factor. And that's a that's a great point, Jay. So if you think about it, most of these uh, most of the, the people listening, when they look at it from a marketing standpoint, they they're not even looking at taking care of themselves. And they're like, hey, uh, you know, I have to I have to pay for my employees or pay the rent or pay all these things. And yeah, you know, and what's the first thing they cut? They cut the marketing because they're like, well, that's expenditure I don't have right now. You know, I, I have to. I don't have enough patience, so I have to figure out. So they they cut the marketing, and it's it's amazing. You know, and I've I've met a few of these that uh, these practitioners that say, you know what, it's it's out of my control. And I tell them, I'm like, all right, what's the what's the life value, lifetime value of a patient? Like, what does that cost? You, you know, if we you pay this, you're gonna get. You know, you pay X. You know, if you pay five hundred dollars, and if a patient's valued at a thousand, then what's you know that the shift is very easy. But it's a lot of it is right. The trustworthy factor is right. Uh, you know, they're not taking care of themselves. So there's things that they're facing right now that is, is very challenging. And you, you mentioned 93 different referral strategies. And this is, a, this is a piece of material that you've had out for a long time. And I've, I think I've read the, heard the article. Yeah, it's not new. Through. And in yeah. fact, I need to revisit it and what it is just so you know. But I'll be happy, Joe, to give you a digital file of both the audio and a distillation that you can put on your own website for your colleagues. It's fine with me because I live in uh, constant sadness when people focus on, you know, when they don't focus on the acres of diamonds, so to speak. Very true. You had a, you had a good story so on that. I'm happy to give it that. to you. And it's, yeah. it, they're just summarizations, but there's nobody that could listen to the three or four hours. What they were was that all my programs I would introduce this reality and I'd have anybody who had a business that was heavily driven by a systematic 
referral process, whether they learned it from me or they innovated it themselves, come to the mic and summarize in three or four minutes the essence of it, how they did it, what it meant, what the key points were and lessons for anybody else to adopt. And we just aggregated 93 of them onto a, 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 an audio whatever, and I'll be happy to give it to you so that people can go to your site and get it. It's fine with me. Excellent. That's uh, very grateful of you, Jay. That is, that's amazing. I think everyone will, just even reading that and listening to it, I think that they're going to get uh, plenty of golden nuggets out of that That one. I, me I remember grabbing at least six off the first, you know, the, the first one itself. I'm like, I can use this right away. So that was always good. Um, one of the questions that I think most don't realize, and we, we're talking marketing, they don't really understand the value of that client even if it's a current client or the, the new one coming in. So they don't know what to spend on their marketing. And that's like probably the number one question I get from a, from a new client coming on board. They said, you know, what am I supposed to send, spend on marketing? You know, I, I hire one guy who charges me 5,000. I hire another guy who charges me 10. How do I know what my clients are actually worth? It's, it's a formula that I read from you a long time ago, but even then, after that, I've read different theories on it, and, and, and you know, and we just boil it down to you know what you're actually bringing in, and then you think, okay, if this is what I have, I can spend this much. And I think you touched on it a little bit earlier, but if you can just go in depth sure. on that because that sure. was a really good point. Yeah, it, one of the, I mean, I've had a lot of defining moments in my career that. Uh, various epiphanies occurred that transformed my thinking. And years ago, I got introduced long before LTV was the, the word bantered around to the concept of marginal net worth, lifetime value, allowable acquisition costs. And, and what this means is that most people who do any kind of marketing either spend too much or too little. Yeah. And, and the reason is that they're, allocating a percentage of sales or they're just saying, okay, we're going to throw five grand a month at it or three, or we're going to run. And that's the dumbest thing in the world. No disrespect. What you ought to do is look at, and I've got to make a preface, every source of your patient base is not the same. So that means it's not necessarily worth the same, not expenditure, but investment. Think of yourself as, uh, as a high yield investor. You are investing in the acquisition of a first time patient or differently stated, the acquisition of a first time referring doctor for the remainder of the transactions that will come. And if you're not mainly gonna go to the outside end user, and your market is really the referring professionals, then you need to know, first of all, worst case, what a typical referring doctor is worth to you in terms of numbers of cases, sources of cases, meaning are they all Medicare? Are they, uh, are they uh, a low yielding PPO? Are they high yielding PPO? And they're not all going to be the same. And when you ascertain, worst case, what different sources of patient uh, generation are worth, that then tells you what you can afford to invest. And let's take uh, the three scenarios that I just gave you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know enough about uh, the uh, 
allowable visitations, but usually different coverage allows different numbers of visits, doesn't it? Absolutely, yes. So, so can, let's say give you a Medicare, quick, yeah. so Medicare is X. Uh, uh, Blue Shield is Y, uh, Anthem is Z, uh, you know, uh, HealthNet is X, to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So you first of all figure out what the doc, because a lot of these doctors are basically contracted to different providers, right? Absolutely, yes. So I'm giving you a very sophisticated, but a very logical thing. So if one basically has Medicare patients and those patients are worth X and you know they're gonna go, uh, and, and again, there's also predictability. You wanna look at how, if, if let's say, uh, the coverage allows five visits, all right? Maybe it allows 10. Yeah. But then you want to see what compliance is. If the source, if one source gives you a lot of referrals, but they don't really come all the time, and if they could get 10, but they only come for six, you got to know that. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And then you got to do the math. So I don't know what the remit is from... Medicare, but let's say you build 200 and you get 85. All right, all right, all right. And let's say they allow how many? How many treatments will they allow? Say about 15. Okay, so 85 times 15 is what? Yeah, getting me this bus. Yeah, you say it's a thousand bucks. Okay, and I don't know what you could say the incremental profit is on it, but let's say that every Medicare referral uh, is worth a thousand dollars if they go the distance. But if yeah. you say the average one only takes nine, then you have to know what it's worth. Now, if you know it's worth 800 to $1,000 of gross revenue, now you know how much time, effort, and legal uh, investment you can make in that, in not only that relationship, but other relationships like that. If you know they've got, uh, you know, diamond premier coverage that gives you unlimited. And if you build 200, you're going to get 180. And that that source has got people that care enough that they're going to go the distance. Mm -hmm. They're going to go an average of 20. That's worth a lot more time and effort. Does that make sense? Yes. And, and you, again, if I'm invested, if I said to you, Joe, uh, and let's take this, this thousand uh, dollars just as a reference. Okay. If I say that every time you invest $100, you're going to get 900 back gross profit, would you be willing to do that all day long? All day. <laughs> if I said you had to invest 200 to get that 800 in less than a year, would you be willing to do that? Still doing it. Yeah. 300? Yeah, I mean, we'll get to a point probably up to about five. All right, years. there's there's, yeah. there's there's diminishing returns, but the point is most don't invest anything. It's true. That's or they true. invest one time and they send a boring newsletter uh, or a couple of boring emails. And again, I don't know legality. I know you have constraints, but within the realm of the constraints, how can you be ethically innovative as far as the value you create for existing or future refers. If you know that somebody says, oh, I've already got a source I like, 
then you could say, okay, thank you. Or you can say, well, as long as I have cash flow, I could invest $100 over the next year in communications and sending books, whatever's legal on any kind of subject with really cool cover letters. And if I did that for 10, 20, 100 doctors, it's 10 grand. <laughs> 10 grand. How many cases do you need to get back 10 grand? How many new referrals do you have to win? How many doctors have to shift 20% of their referrals to you instead of the, the source they're using, if that makes sense? It does make sense. And I think uh, breaking it down that way will make make our audience kind of just, uh, uh, you know, gravitate towards this thinking a little bit more, right? Because it, it takes a little bit of uh, elbow grease here to actually know your numbers, right? If, if they don't know their numbers in the first place, we're already having a problem. And I, and no, I feel here's, that. Here's, yeah. it's, it, it isn't, it, here's what you do if you don't know your numbers. You always look at the worst case, not the best. If you look at the worst case, you're never going to be disappointed. If you look at the best, <laughs> you are frequently going to be disappointed. So if you know the worst you're going to do is $1,000 and they're going to probably only do 80%. Yeah. Then you start with saying the most this is going to be worth is 800 and you're surprised. And you say the most I will invest is 100 And then you adjust your investment as your practice becomes more profitable. If in the beginning you have no cash flow, you can do three things. Number one, you can invest less and just do more elbow grease and and uh, whatever whatever the word is, uh, sweat equity. Sweat equity if yeah. it's legal, you could get investors. I don't know if that's legal to invest somehow. Uh, and again, if you can't, you can, once you get a metric, you could even borrow against it because you could show a bank that, hey, every time I do 10 of these, I get two and two are worth this. I just need uh, an interest-free deferred loan for a year until my practice builds up. Well, Jay, this has been the, the sweetheart uh, deals for the last couple of years with the equity investor crowd. Where, uh, basically, oh, so you can't do it now? No, you, you can't. I mean, uh, they've narrowed down how much money they're giving out these days, but... Yeah. You know, even as early as last but year, angel investors they were just coming. Well, angel investors not as I don't think they've tapped into it yet. More and more are looking at it because they see the high profit margin of a physical therapy clinic if it's done correctly. So yeah. most are yeah. jumping on board. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, and, I, and I'm disclaiming that I know legalities and regulations and legal compliance. I'm just trying to give you and your and your colleagues a different paradigm of reference, a different way to look at their practice and their relationship with which at whatever sources of patient generation on a sustainable basis they have. And because sources change, a lot of people, once they get, this is one of the ironies of selling and of, of, of uh, referral based industries. Once they get a referral source, people have a, a, a tendency to assume they have an enfranchised automatic hold on that source and they're going to constantly refer and none of their competitors are there soliciting against them all the time and they just take it as a fait complete instead of investing even more back into it to make sure that they enrich it. It's like a farmer who knows he or she has to keep uh, replenishing the soil to make sure it constantly gives bounty to great crop yields and can't just strip it bare. 
That's a that's a great example, Jay. I think everyone should get take that away. That farmer example is great. I used to mention that it's just you, you can't forget to, you know, you sell them once, you can't forget about them on the back end. You have to sell them again on the back end. But the farmer analogy I like, I think that's something that uh, most will grasp onto. You know, we are limited on some time, but I want to just touch base on one more of your, your topics that I sure. think will be very yes, sure. preeminence. Is that has changed the way I thought about marketing. And I know... It, that itself has taken you, I remember taking you an entire day in one of your courses to explain and go through for the... Yeah, I was going to say, it's not, it's not, how much time do I have? <laughs> uh, we don't have much because I have to, uh, I have another one. Well, why don't I do this? Yeah. I'll do two things. I will say, let me titillate first and say that it is the, probably the most defining and elevating uh uh, ideology, philosophy, strategic philosophy, philosophical strategy that any practitioner will ever learn. And once and after, he or she incorporates it into their practice, lives it, manifests it, incorporates it into all of their dealings, internal, external, including with their team, with their doctors, with their families. It will elevate the quality and the success and the uh, and the uh, strata of just joy, fulfillment, liberation, success you will achieve. It takes probably an hour to explain it, but the basic is to elevate yourself in the eyes of your market, whichever markets you are serving, as the only viable source, the most trusted advisor. Uh, uh, that anyone could turn to and that someone who uh, really deals in the in the relationship at an elevated level beyond and well above the maddening crowd and rather than try to give it two or three minutes of uh, but the key to it really I'll give you one of the keys it's falling in love with not your profession but falling in love with the patients whose lives you transform and living with the thought of this person is going to have mobility or this person is going to have a renewed life or this person perhaps for the first time in five years is going to have the ability to sit in a chair and watch TV or go to church or, or play pass with their grandkids or their kids or, or they're not going to be in constant excruciating pain and so they'll perform better uh, in life as a, as, as a leader, as a team member, at a job, as a father, husband, anything. And it, it's, it starts with that. But I, again, I'm glad you know that I have nine or 10 hours on it. You can go and review what I've got and pick what would be the most appropriate and put that on your website as well. It, and I would encourage anyone to spend whatever you want. You got, I got eight hours of it. You can put you know, video, audio, transcript, sec, a chapter from a book, all of the above, none of the above, anything you want. Absolutely. I, like I said, I knew the time frame, but you gave them, I think, enough of a, a, a taste of it, which will kind of help them and steer them in your direction. And I'll make sure all the links are added to the, the webpage as well for them. No, you don't have to do that. Just tell me what you want and I'll give it to you. It's fine. Oh, amazing. I'm fine with that. It always, my brand is always, uh, benefited if people use my work i don't need to be the the source you're, you're you can be the benefactor i'm more interested in people not uh sub-optimizing their opportunities if, i mean one of the things of preeminence is if you know that you have an ability 
to improve the lives of, of people. And there's three ways. One, if a doctor refers to you, they're gonna, their patient's going to get a greater outcome. And you know that you're going to deal with that patient, respect that patient, give them more of an outcome, more dignity, more uh, hopefulness than your contemporaries. You have a moral obligation and a responsibility to do everything in your power to get that patient, not because you hate your competitors, just because you know that they're going to get a greater outcome from you. Absolutely. And very well put, Jay. I think that is a, a great end to an amazing uh, session where I think we have so I Guys, I just wanted to just jump in right there really quick. That was just a taste of Jay um, and me going back and forth on one of our calls. And I can tell you that this is why I wanted to share it with you because... Jay, so first of all, he's so giving, gives up all of his materials, and that that is the best part about it. And that's what I said. Even if you just check out his website, most of his stuff is free, and it's just there. But like he said, um, you want to be able to use it. Implementation is the key, guys, and that's what I expect from everyone. And look, that's the key of this whole podcast. The 30 and 30 is about that. One idea that you're going to run with for the next 30 days. There were so many ideas that Jay gave in this episode, and that's why I, I want to jump in at any point and say, write this down, write this down, but I think you guys get it. There's so much information that was given in this episode. Listen to this episode again, okay? So uh, you're going to get so many ideas from it, and you're going to probably have a lot of questions about it. That's cool. The, you know, Having the questions and then trying to figure it out is great. And when you're part of a group like mine where we sit and we meet all the time and we we kind of just mastermind together, when we take these concepts and we run with it, it takes you to the next level. Again, that's called leapfrogging. Welcome to my world, guys. Welcome to the 30 and 30. I hope you really enjoyed this episode. This was super exciting for me. Uh, again, new platform, new podcast, new topics, and we're going to have some kick-ass speakers that are going to be on here all again that are part of my network that are super gracious for having them on this as well again please leave five star reviews uh on itunes as well as on anchor i want to get this get the word about this podcast out there to everyone and please share it with others that you know that are in the industry i would really love that guys and look the point of this whole thing is let's take the profession to the next level we know we're better than this it's, it's time to stop asking for uh, you know referrals and knocking on people's doors. It's time to control that channel in your life. It's time to control that flow. And I know you understand this. So if you're listening to this message right now, you're listening to this podcast, and you want to take it to the next level, follow me, listen to the next podcast, and we're on our way. Uh, you know, I enjoy having you. I really respect your time. Once again, this is your host, Dr. Joe Simon. I'll see you soon.